This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. The last day is finally here, Labs. I feel like a kid looking at that last day of school before summer vacation starts. I'm sure the players feel the same way. And, you know, my question off the bat is when I was playing sports growing up, a lot of times my coach in the last practice of the season, last practice of a camp, have a little fun with it. You know, maybe we're playing a little dodgeball. Maybe we're throwing some water balloons at each other, a little water gun fight. You think Coach Tomlin's going to oblige that in this practice here today? A little fun, loosen it up? Sure. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> let's, I, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for that. Um, this has not been that kind of camp. Um, they've been hitting a lot. They've been in pads um, it, it, at times where you would think, you know, he's going to he's going to ease back today. Um, but that's that just has not been the case. I mean, I, I cannot remember an instance where, um, you know, it was supposed to be pads and you go out and they're not wearing pads. I mean, and to me, the, 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 the shining example or the glaring example of that was Friday night lights. Mm-hmm. I mean, that didn't end until after nine. And then the next day they're back in pads at one fifty-five. So, um, you know, it's just family night. They were in pads. Uh, so yeah, I, I it, it's it's scheduled to be a pad of practice today. That's what I would expect. Uh, maybe you know it's not as much banging, but uh, you know because there's also a, a little bit of a ramp down mm-hmm. in the in terms of the banging as you get closer to a game. Uh, and this, I think, this game is one. Yeah. You know, the, the the dress rehearsal maybe right. there's only three preseason games you know I don't think I don't think you want to beat them up the last one but then hey who knows because uh, you know there's that long break there's like almost two weeks exactly, yeah. between the end of the the Steelers final preseason game which is on a Thursday right and then they don't play until because the last preseason game of uh, the calendar date is August. The opener is September the tenth, so there's a lot of there's a lot of days in between. Um, you know, we're just kind of I don't know easing into this thing where you have a bye to start the week or start the season. Yeah, this is like a bye the second year that this has been in place. Yeah, right. Since they really shortened, you know, the preseason, uh, and you know, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be like this now. I mean the the television networks do not want football the week Labor Day weekend. They don't. You don't get good ratings. Right. People are doing other things. That last hurrah so, for summer, right? They're on vacation. They're yeah. doing other important things outside. <clears throat> right. Um, so that's never good. That genie's out of the bottle. I mean that one's gone because the, the networks, the 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 NFL's broadcast partners pay way too much money. Not to get something as simple as that, and as a you know, a, a give back or a kickback, whatever, however you want to describe it. So that's going to be like that. And then, you know, Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, you know, the Hall of Fame is part of the NFL, and they really like, you know, the big celebration the first uh, weekend in August is Hall of Fame weekend. Right. Well, so now you start doing the math. You only have three games. 
um, I don't think they're going to you – know, coaches would not go for, um, you know, extending the preseason, like having a game every other week just to fill the time yeah. uh, more evenly. I just, I just don't see that happening. So, you know, you're, we're going to have that gap. And, you know, a lot of teams, before they shorten the preseason, you know, um, a lot of teams wanted to have their last game, preseason game on a Thursday. And then you kind of had like a, not a bye week or not a full bye week, but maybe a nine day gap in between uh, your last preseason game and the first regular season game. But now it's an extra week less. So, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe the final preseason game now is going to start turning into more of a regular um, preseason game as opposed to just a glorified walkthrough for your real players. And, um, you know, the rest of the guys have to uh, eat up all those snaps. Well, the Steelers have their second preseason game on Saturday against the Bills. We'll get into that a little bit later during the training camp report today. But back to, you know, the physicality that Tomlin has during his training camps. Uh, It's a reputation that is well known across the NFL. This is one of the more physical training camps in the league. But have you noticed even more so of that this year, Labs? Or is it just a case of, you know, after waiting an entire season and offseason and camp starts again, I forget how physical these practices are. I have an, a hunch that it might have even ratcheted up a little bit for Tomlin's sake, this camp. Well, I also think, though, that the, there, there was been a conscious effort um, to, to get the kind of players who like to play physical. You know, one of the things um, that I've noticed for sure is, you know, I remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but the previous couple of years, you know, Mike Tomlin during the season would not complain about it, but point out that, you know, he was looking for, at the time, the question was about inside linebackers. And he said he was looking for guys, you know, when they, the pile wouldn't fall forward all the time. You know, so, you know, you get a guy like Juan Alexander, (laughs) um, you know, that's, he's just playing that way. You know, he, he likes, he runs around, he's banging people. So, you know, when you bring in people like him, and you have a padded practice, you know, it's it's going to be physical. Uh, so I, I think that there's, you know, a Landon Roberts is another guy. Um, so I think that what, what has happened is, uh, you know, the Mike Tomlin uh, physical kind of training camp practice coupled with some of the people that they've brought in, you know, is it's conducive to what we're seeing out on the field. I don't know that he is <clears throat> personally, uh, specifically trying to ratchet it up. Um, you know, I think that as, you know, and this is another Mike Tomlin saying, I'd rather say, I, I'd rather say woe than sick them. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I think that the, the attitude, the philosophy, whatever you want to call it, um, is, is there, the foundation of it is there. And then you add these kinds of players and this is what you end up with. You know, Cam Hayward, He'll mix it up too. I mean, um, so you know you have a lot of guys like that on the team, uh, and they're either leading by example, or maybe there's actual you know conversations going on among the players. You know, you're up here at camp and living away from home, and you know there's a lot of off time, so to speak, quote unquote off time, uh, where you can commiserate with each other. You know, and uh, and it's competitive, 
and um, goes back and forth. And, you know, I don't know. I, I just think all of those things have combined to create the situation that we're seeing um, as opposed to it coming specifically, you know, from the coach. Another popular Tomlin saying, if you want to box, you have to spar. And he uh, applied that towards seven shots yesterday during practice. You know, usually you see maybe one run trickled in their labs and most of it is passing the ball. But yesterday, Tomlin wanting to focus on the physicality and the line of scrimmage of the run game, it was basically just a, a running drill, seven shots was yesterday. Yeah, it was like goal line. You know, exactly. I mean, you usually when, you know, goal line is usually put the ball at the one, seven shots is at the two. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, you figure, okay, run one. And then they ran two in a row and you think, okay, they're done with that now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you just kept going back to it. And, um, you know, the, the defense was up to the task. Uh, you know, kudos to the defense. Uh, but um, the Steelers were not going to be deterred or as Bill Cowher used to say, deterred. <laughs> and, um, you know, they just kept running it, running it, running it, running it. And then, you know, it's uh, it was another – the second time, again, we, we talked about this yesterday, how, um, you know, putting the regulars back in for the tiebreaker. Right. It was 3-3 three, three again. You know, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, he's kind of like that um, long reliever in baseball. You know, he comes yeah. in does the job and then when it gets time you know the for um either get a save or a win or something then they put the other guy in um but yeah because it was three to one uh when kenny pickett uh when his four snaps were over trubisky came in bang bang two touchdowns and then okay put the first units back in and then you know at this point um you know, you get the idea. Even me, I was sitting watching this practice thinking, okay, they're not going to run this one. They're not going to run this one. So then we got to the seventh one. I'm thinking, they're going to run this one. <laughs> so the defense was packed in in the box, and, you know, Pickens was split wide. <laughs> you know, uh, Patrick Peterson was in man coverage, no inside help. I mean, you know, it was stealing. You know, he just did a quick move inside. Uh, there was no help. And he had that whole area to work with, you know, just pick it, pick it, just put it on him and, you know, you can't do anything about it. I mean, you know, Pickens has a big body. He's got you on his, you know, um, on his hip or on his back, whatever you want to say. It's like a basketball rebound, you know, he boxed you out. Um, you either, you either commit a penalty or he, you know, hope he drops it. Uh, but the ball was thrown in a spot where, you know, you couldn't get to it. Um, and you know, Pickens not the kind of excuse me, Pickens isn't usually the kind of guy that'll bobble it or give you a free, you know, when, when it when it's caught, you know, he's he, you say secure the catch, but with Pickens, um, you know, those big hands he has, yeah. that that kind of secures it automatically, and that's what it was, you know, pitch and catch, touchdown, win for the offense in seven runs, I mean seven shots, <laughs> uh, four to three. And I love hearing that the offense, you know, kept the defense guessing on that last one, kept you guessing on that last rep of seven shots, run, 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 and then you hit them with that pass. I mean, you got to have that kind of change of pace, keep the defense on their heels, uh, offensive strategy to be successful in today's NFL. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, I think that 
the, you know, the emphasis was on, you know, as, as what Mike Tomlin called it, uh, line, um, physicality in the line of scrimmage run game. So, you know, again, I, I'm sure that there is some sort of, you know, everybody's got a script, right? you know, with the plays. And, you know, they're all in close proximity there. There's not a lot of, um, you know, camouflage and stuff. I mean, you know, Matt Canada is calling the offensive plays from, you know, in the backfield almost, maybe a few yards yeah, behind, right. you know, in the backfield. And he's using the walkie-talkie. And, you know, I would think that all of the, the defensive players at this point know what the offensive plays are. I mean, it's been every day out here. <laughs> um, and it's not like there's a lot of rookies on defense either. So, you know, you're kind of hearing what's going on. Uh, you, you probably have a pretty good idea, you know, if it's run or pass. Um, you look at the formation, you, you, um, you know, gauge the tempo of the thing, uh, the way it's trending. Uh, and again, like you said, and then it's, and then you, uh, call a pass there and it's wide open and it works. And, you know, you hope that that's going to be the kind of thing that happens in the game too, where, um, you know, if you want to be a good red zone team, uh, a gold, good goal to go team. You got to be able to run the ball down there, and you got to make the defense realize and understand that you will run it. And when you do run it, you're pretty good at it. And then that opens up that uh, things like that last play uh, to George Pickens. Well, Coach Tomlin shared his thoughts following yesterday's practice with the media. Let's take a listen to what Coach had to say. Man, another really good day at work, man. I just wanted to focus on uh, physicality in the line of scrimmage, run game. Uh, we did so in the early portions of practice, team run and so forth. Just really appreciate the competes. We got some, um, you know, latecomers, new running backs and so forth. We want to give them an environment where they can show uh, what they're capable of while at the same time readying themselves for the stadium opportunity this weekend. Um, but really good day. Um, another good training camp, Steelers versus Steelers day. Um, things are progressing from an injury standpoint. We're getting a lot of guys at least working their way back to us in some capacity. I think Trey Norwood is one in particular that got, got some partial work today. Um, I think Larry Ogunjobi is moving back closer to participation, and Nate Herbick probably just needs a few days. Uh, we'll get him back out here as well. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Coach, how do you value the spring league, like the XFL, like the USFL, the talent that you've seen here on campus this season? You know, I'm appreciative of, of opportunity for guys to continually develop skill. Um, people finish their college eligibility, they're not necessarily finished products. Leagues such as those provide an opportunity for guys to continually improve, and then they get to show those improvements when they get in environments like this. Um, we respect any man out here. We don't care about what means they get here, and I'm appreciative of the game readiness of some of those guys that are coming off seasons. Uh, it's been a good thing for us. Mike, as you get ready to wind down your stay here, how productive these last few weeks been? It's been really awesome. Um, can't say enough about it, man, the intangible component of a destination camp. We realize that we're in the minority in today's game, but we just kind of value the component of team and the, and the awesome things that happen in environments like this. And so uh, we're going to soak it up, and we realize the real world is waiting on us here in a, in a short number of days. Mike, before the Titans preseason game last week, Mike Frabel gave the keys to his assistant to be everything, head coach, you know, talk to the media, game plan, all that stuff. Is that something that you would ever consider doing? Not at this juncture. I'll teach you, teach you a lot at the start of practice. 
first day here at camp mentioned um, you want to see as close to 50-50 split offense defense on every snap as possible. How close is that manifesting in your eyes? And have you seen like seven shots recently? It looks like it's, it's come close. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it in that way. Um, in an environment like this, units are going to have good days. The other unit is going to have the appropriate response and bounce back. That's just the ebb and flow associated with team development. When you got that, you probably got the makings of a, of a good group. Um, but we're not looking for comfort in, in that regard. We're just going to continually grow and know that we better be continually better and assume that those that we compete against are doing the same. Okay. Keon O'Neal fitting into that three safety look with now that you've been KB or You know, we're just looking at some packages. It's, it's a component of what we do. We've done it in the past. It's, it's nothing new there. Um, he's a veteran player, man. He's a quick study. He's got a skill set. Um, we like some of the matchups, particularly versus two tight end personnel groups and stuff. So um, that's old hat for us. Um, we're excited about seeing it. Mike, your thoughts on working with Aaron Curry for the first year when he's brought to the linebacker? Man, I like his energy. I like his attention to detail. I like his field presence. Um, I like the development of the group. And so we're just going to continually work. You know, um, We'll get to know each other, particularly when it gets real. How complex is the decision going to be for that tight end room to narrow down? They're all complex. Um, but, but, you know, when we do it right, they are. Talked about Curry, is, is Denzel Martin any different now in his elevated role, or is he the same guy with a different title? Um, I don't know, man. Ask Denzel. Um, no, he coaches in a great spirit, man. Um, we're not defined by titles. Uh, we got coaches out here, man, and um, that's what we do. We coach. Uh, we don't hide behind positions. Um, we, we just take ownership of what happens out here, and, and we cross-coach, and um, that's just the appropriate way to do it. Has the Nate Herbig injury contributed to Green being pretty much limited to the offensive line not doing the fullback stuff? You know, I'm not going to talk to you guys every day about the fullback stuff. You guys really get enamored with things sometimes. <laughs> Very appropriate way to wrap up the last Tomlin audio soundbite we'll play during our training camp reports uh, up at camp. But, Labs, before we hit the break here, one thing I did want to make the listeners aware of is that you will get a full Coach Tomlin press conference today at 1135. This will be much like the in-season press conferences that he gives on Tuesdays. You're going to find out pretty much what you want to know about who's going to be playing maybe how long they'll be playing, the gist of the plan for Buffalo on Saturday. Tune in at 11.35 on all of our platforms, Steelers.com, Twitter, uh, YouTube channel, Steelers Nation Radio right here, and we'll have Tomlin for you. And th this is something that will be a little bit more in-depth than the post-practice ones we hear every day. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You never you know, know what it's, it's It's been a long training camp for a lot of people, and um, I think that, you know, we're starting to see now uh, the impact of talking to the media every day. You know, the <laughs> things are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and he's getting tired of certain questions. Um, like so, the fullback one. Like the fullback one. Um, would you would you turn over, you know, all of your responsibilities uh, to, a, to an assistant coach like Vrabel did in Tennessee? You know, things like that. Who knows? Maybe somebody will ask him if he's thinking about taking a college job. You know, we can go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, again, uh, it, it's yes, theoretically what you described, um, but maybe not, you know, um, yeah, that's true. because he didn't really, you know, in the, in the last uh, full blown news conference 
like one of these coming up today, which was before the Tampa Bay game. He didn't he didn't really give you a lot about who was going to play and how much. You know, everyone who's healthy uh, is a candidate to play, or however he phrased it. And then, you know, there were a bunch of guys, you know, veterans who didn't play, Cam Hayward and, you know, some of those people. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think that there's a, a sense among the coaching staff how it's going to go, but whether Mike Tallman is in the mood to, <laughs> you know, lay it all out on the table in detail, um, we'll see. I, I frankly would be surprised if he does because he – hasn't shown uh, an eagerness to do that kind of thing so far. We'll tune in on all of our platforms at 1135 and hear for yourself what Coach Tomlin has to say in his presser. When we come back, Labs and I are going to continue to break down the goings-ons of practice yesterday, and we're going to hear from Captain Cam Hayward. That's all on the way on the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Before we get to the move the ball drill from yesterday, the second occurrence of that drill in 2023 training camp, and hear from Captain Cam Hayward, just a little update on the injury report. You heard Tomlin at the end of our last segment there talking about, you know, guys getting, you know, at least working their way back to us in some capacity. The, the guys that were injured, Trey Norwood was one guy that he named in particular who had some partial work uh, going yesterday during practice, Larry Okunjobi moving closer back to being a participant as well. And it looks like Nate Herbig just needs a few days, and then they'll see him back out there. So that's encouraging. We were talking about that backup center spot in yesterday's training camp report lab. So nice to see that Herbig's injury might not be long-term. Well, it's not going to require, I think, I don't believe it's going to require any kind of procedure or anything, you know, which is always a good sign. But, you know, uh, a few days, you know, that's this is training camp talk, a few days. I mean, you know, how long is that going to be? I, I'm still rather um, concerned, you know, living in my fears, as I usually do, about the backup center job mm-hmm. for the September 10th game against the 49ers. Who's it going to be? I mean, because, you know, Nate Herbig, you know, is fine, but, you know, he his history as a center was usually in preseason games, okay? It's not like, um, you know, he played it a lot for either the Eagles or the Jets. He did line up there, and you know, it was in preseason games, okay? So, you know, he's never done it here in, a, in any kind of uh, game. Um, and if you just remove him from it, you know, a, a shoulder thing, um, you know, you can't really put him in there and practice. And so... Um, you got to have a backup center for the, the first game of the year. What are you going to do for the first game of the year? You know, the whole Spencer Anderson thing, seventh-round pick, Ugh. you know, he's position flexible, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, the 49ers are a good team. That's a lot of risk, yeah. Uh, uh, so I just don't know who it's going to be, and I don't know that it's it can be settled. It has to be Kendrick Green, if you ask me. I don't, I don't really see another way around it for that early portion of the season is what I'm talking about. Well, Tuesday introduced a new drill during the competition period called Move the Ball, 
returned during yesterday's practice, but with a new wrinkle to it, Labs. It was weighted heavily in favor of the offensive side of things. They started on the defensive 25-yard line, so a short uh, a short field for the offense to get into the end zone. Uh, maybe, you know, that's drilling, you know, um, defense, your own offense having a turnover in their own territory, defense having to hold up against a short field, bend, not break. Uh, there's multiple things you could drill in there. Same way on the other side of the coin with the offense, you know, quick strike when your defense gets a turnover, making sure you capitalize by getting in the end zone on the short field. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you could have maybe renamed it uh, the, the version that the, the Steelers went through yesterday, um, red zone. Okay. You know, because you want the offense to be able to get the ball in uh, from the – it's at the 25 instead of, you know, the red zone. We usually – that drill starts around the 20, maybe a little bit inside the 20. Um, but, yeah, it's the same uh, kind of situation. The other name you could give it is sudden change. I've heard, you know, that uh, term used, you know, sudden change is what you just described, a turnover right. or a takeaway, depending upon whether, you know, your offense turned it over or your defense took the ball away. And then, you know, the corresponding unit has to respond um, to the situation. You know, you get, you get thrown out onto the field instantly. Okay, how do you react? If you're on defense, um, you know, the, what, what one of the cliches that the defensive guys use is uh, you can't determine how you go, get, go onto the field, but you can determine how you get off the field. Um, and so, yeah, you could, you could call it either red zone or quick change or something. But, yeah, move the ball uh, was resurrected again, a little variation. Uh, and, again, we, we saw um, an emphasis on running the ball. Uh, you know, the first team offense went out there, the first repetition. It started out with a pass. Uh, Kenny Pickett hooked up with Deontay Johnson for a 22-yard gain. Uh, it wasn't tackling to the ground. So, you know, it was one of those situations where Mike Tomlin would kind of, quote-unquote, officiate and, uh, you know, put the ball where he wanted it, I guess, to create the a down that, you know, enhances the situation. So, you know, the 22-yard gain to Deontay Johnson, so it's first and goal at the three. It's kind of like seven shots. Here we go again. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, give the ball to Najee Harris. Uh, and he got in for, uh, into the end zone this time, or as, as opposed to the first two snaps of seven shots where he did not. Uh, or you can look at it, the, the defense held up. You know, again, when it's your offense against your defense, it depends what you want to focus on. You want to uh, focus on which team did well or which team failed. You know, have, have it any way you want. But that's that's the way the first repetition went. Um, and then, you know, Mitch Trubisky came on again, uh, second. This time he, he had pulled once the ball got, uh, you know, down to scoring territory. Um you know, he threw a, uh, an incomplete pass to Darnell Washington, a uh, quick throw to Jalen Warren, another quick throw to Jalen Warren, you know, first down at the 10. And then, uh, you know, a couple of plays didn't work. Uh, I thought Kenny Robinson did a nice job on the attempted pass to Zach Gentry in the end zone because when Gentry tried to, you know, make his move, um, Robinson was there, and he kind of bodied him without it being pass interference. You know, he just kind of he just sabotaged what Gentry wanted to do. The ball had to be thrown, so it was incomplete. Um, 
another running play. Uh, Anthony McFarlane was stopped for no gain. So now it's third and 10 at the 11. And uh, Trubisky threw a nice pass. Again, we've been talking about this guy um, more than occasionally. Rodney Williams, a tight end. You know, I I don't know that he can crack this group. His name is coming up a Uh, lot. Yeah, his name is coming up a lot. You know, he would be a nice, if you're able to keep him on the practice squad, that would be a nice situation for the team because in the event that you, you know, you have a situation at tight end during the regular season where you need someone, you know, to fill in for injury or whatever, um, this guy would know uh, the, the plays, familiar with the offense because he'll be practicing every day if he's on the practice squad. And, you know, he's shown some good uh, good things out here at training camp. So, yeah, Rodney Williams uh, made the catch, nice catch, one yard deep in the end zone uh, for the touchdown. So on both repetitions, the offense scored. Well, I can't think of a better player to hear from in our final player interview that we play back during 2023's training camp reports than Captain Cam Hayward. He stopped by and chatted with the media before practice yesterday, kind of talked about his feelings uh, of camp up to this point and a little preview of the Buffalo game as well. It's Cam Hayward here on Steelers Nation Radio. State of the Union is camp lifestyle here. State of the Union, we just started camp. The throw part's about over. There's still more camp to happen. What did you get done out here? Um, you know, I think guys got acquainted. Um, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. We still have a couple more preseason games, but uh, you know, I like where we're at so far. Specific to the work that still needs to be done? Um, continue to just keep be- getting better at the, the little things, whether it's tackling, um, on defense, um, get more acquainted on offense with a lot of different uh, personnel guys, but uh, defense, we just got to continue to keep working on the communication. Uh, we've only had one game to really work on that communication front and uh, trying to get better at that. Anything uh, surprising in a good way about what you've seen out here? Uh, a lot of young guys that uh, can play. Um, you know, whether it's a guy like Herbig, uh, Joey Porter Jr., um, then the newer faces we've had, uh, Pat P, Keanu O'Neill. Keanu Neal, um, you know, I just think we have a good group of guys that we brought in. So, you know, just trying to get acquainted with them. Like it, there's a little more of a calmness or a confidence from the team as a whole, you know, going into the second preseason game? Um, calmness for some. Um, for others, we didn't get a chance to play, so uh, we still got to knock off some rust. When you talk about the communication issues, Cam, that still need to be worked on, is that something that has to happen in a game, or can you do some of that in practice work? I like it to happen in a game um, because you get a real feel for it, uh, communicating in and out of plays, not that there's a lull between – you know, play to play in practice, but uh, in a game it just flows more faster. You can deal with hurry up. Uh, different situations happen so faster. Uh, so we have to be ready to communicate on the field and off the field. So we got to work that once we get to the preseason game. Does it feel like that's been held up a little bit with some absences maybe due to injury in the secondary especially? No, I, I think it's just you only have three preseason games. We didn't play the first one, so there's only so much guys can do if they're not on the field. So uh, hopefully we get to address it this week. How much do you think you're going to play? Not my call. Uh, that's up to the guy that makes the calls. you make any suggestions? Or- no. Um, I-, I learned my suggestions don't matter. So <laughs> I-, I quit I quit doing that. Can I ask you talk about uh, Hamlin coming back to Pittsburgh and playing a game? Tomorrow Hamlin? Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't even think about that. Um, You know, I think uh, it's awesome. 
to see where he was last year, um, to see him back on the field. Uh, it's very special. Um, very big fan of his. Um, you know, I, I see the work he's doing with his foundation, and um, I'm just excited to see where he's at. Um, I think we, we couldn't be more excited to have a guy back on the field and um, be, be back with the brotherhood. Cam, what kind of strides has Keanu made over these last few weeks, and where do you feel his biggest growth point has been? I think, I think the strides are, you know, he's just getting more comfortable with what he's doing. Um, you know, the first drive, I felt like he was a little nervous, but then he, he settled down a lot. So um, he's just going to continue to keep growing in that front. But um, Keanu's, uh, you know, he's going to go through his ups and downs. But I think for the most part, he's, he's going to come on the right side of this night. It's Cam Hayward speaking with the media prior to yesterday's practice. And Labs, I know this isn't really Steelers related, but one thing he mentioned there at the end when he was asked about DeMar Hamlin and how great it's going to be to see him come back to Pittsburgh and play in that stadium, I mean, it's going to be awesome to see him play throughout the entire season. He's going to get such a warm welcome from every NFL stadium that he sets foot in. But I have to imagine it'll be a little extra special for him and for the fans in Pittsburgh. He's coming home to his hometown stadium on Saturday. Yeah, right. I mean, hometown guy, um, you know, grew up there, went to high school at Central Catholic, went to college at Pitt. Uh, so, yeah, anything uh, in Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be a little bit extra special. Uh, in in terms of the the uh, the reception that Demar Hamlin gets, or you know the reaction to anything he might do on the field, you know, um, because one of the things about Pittsburgh is uh, it really uh, loves its own, uh, so to speak, and yes. uh, it kind of feels that it has an investment in its own, uh, certainly emotionally, uh, and and in Demar Hamlin's case, you know, uh, to to a large degree financially too, as Cam was mentioning, right. um, his foundation and you know a lot of the things that kind of have sprung up from the incident, you know, that happened to him, you know, in terms of um, you know knowing CPR and uh, you know there's a lot of those classes now going around and uh, I just think that there was there has been an emphasis on knowing how to handle an emergency situation like that uh, and how. It, how it really is, you know, a life and death uh, kind of thing. And it, it, it's very quick. Yes. So, you know, being prepared for it in terms of the equipment and stuff, being prepared for it in terms of knowing how to use the equipment, uh, knowing what to do uh, in those situations. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of that can be traced back to the incident. And in that way, the more Hamlin is responsible for it. And, you know, I just think that people uh, appreciate what he has been through, and then appreciate also the reaction uh, to what he had to endure. Yeah, and, and also appreciate, you know, his drive to get back onto the football field. Uh, labs, I, I don't know if I'd want to get out of bed in the morning if what happened to DeMar Hamlin happened to me, and he's out there full participant in Bill's preseason games, and I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to make the roster as a, a depth piece like he was before the injury happened. So very excited to see DeMar Hamlin back in Pittsburgh in a Bills uniform playing on Saturday against the Steelers. We got one more segment left whoa, to go. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You put the brakes wait, on me? Wait. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. Um, you know, one of the um, traditions, annual uh, uh, things that happen at training camp is the it, – it used to be an actual game, a uh, softball game, but now it's home run derby. Oh, I forgot okay? to talk about the home run derby. Oh, Who you my got? Gosh. 
I know who, who you won. I, this is I, I don't want to you know pretend and act like I'm a big brain guy that can just you know make a guess and look good. I, I knew it was Kenny Pickett who won back to back years. Steelers Instagram account and they do great work on that Instagram account. If you're not following, please go to Instagram and follow the Steelers official team account. They posted Coach Tomlin making the speech, giving Kenny the championship bat, and asking Kenny to give a speech. To which Kenny took the mic and just went, "Thank you." And then, and then walked <laughs> off the field. So, sorry to spoil your fun, but I know Kenny Pickett is our two-time home run derby champ. Well, you would, you know, uh, and this even goes back to, you know, as I said, when it was a game, because um, th- th- those are professional athletes, yes. okay? But there are, you know, the quarterbacks are always the best athletes among the professionals. Um, you know, you would think that, you know, I'd say offensive linemen or, you know, whatever big built guys really strong. But, um, you know, it's not it's not that kind of a deal. I mean, when the, when they would play games, uh, the two best players, one on each team, offense and defense, uh, the shortstops, yes. Ben for the offense <laughs> and Troy for the defense. And, um, you know, I remember Mike Tallman talking about Troy playing shortstop. He said he was just so smooth. You know, you wouldn't think, you know, he didn't play softball like a football player, you know. And so the finalists were in the home run derby were Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and Imagine the that. specialists and the specialists. Because, you know, when you think about it, uh, who are the best golfers? The specialists and the quarterbacks. So, yeah, it was um, Boswell, um, the two long snappers, Christian Kuntz and um, – uh, Rex, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his see. name too. Here, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got I, now. Now I got to now give I his backup do. long snapper his due here. It might be the only time that his name is mentioned on an airwave this year. Um. Okay, but anyway, it was the yeah, two the long snappers, the quarterbacks. You know, they Rex Sunahara. Rex Sunahara. Oh, of I hope course. I'm it was right on the tip of my tongue. Correctly. Yeah. West Virginia guy. Went to oh. West Virginia. So, you know, <laughs> Wes Euler, he's going to be all over that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was – they were the finalists, and then uh, – or they did the best, and then the finalists were um, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, and Pickett won. And that determined who was the starting quarterback, correct, for the season? Oh, yeah. Who, who hit the most right. home runs, of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, Labs and, I'll be, Labs and I will be back to wrap up the training camp report and get a little preview of that Buffalo game going. That's on the way next on the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the training camp report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers got one more practice open to the public today at St. Vincent College. Then they got a closed practice, more like a walkthrough tomorrow. And then that second preseason game against the Buffalo Bills is on Saturday night at Akershore Stadium, kickoff at 6.30 p.m. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, Tomlin will give his pre-press or his pre-game press conference today at 11.35, previewing that Bills game. Not sure how much he's going to let us in on as far as playing time is concerned, but... I think it's safe for us to both assume that Pickett will play since he played in the first game and probably play a little bit more than just the one series that he did against Tampa. Yeah, and, you know, we were listening to uh, Cam Hayward talk about it a little bit, talking about the, one of the things 
that uh, he was believing um, needed to happen um, before the regular season starts is to, you know, iron out some of the communication issues on defense. And he explained how you really kind of have to do it in a game because, you know, practice is practice. There's not the, the, the urgency, certainly, um, that there's just a difference between practice and even a preseason game. And, you know, the clock element of it is much more prevalent um, when you're actually inside a stadium and, and it's it's game. So I would imagine that a lot of the guys who didn't play uh, against Tampa, Tampa Bay, would be playing uh, against the Bills. And that's a good test. I mean, because, you know, the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. They are. They've been one for, you know, the past few years. Um, and they have a lot of, you know, top-level players at, you know, critical uh, positions. And so, you know, it should be a good test. You, you, I think you kind of want to, you know, measure yourself a little bit uh, to some degree during the preseason. Again, just to kind of try and ramp up your body and your mind, you know, for what's going to start coming at you really fast starting September the 10th. So, yeah, I think that – and it's I think it's a good place for – this kind of team, you know, the second preseason game. I don't know that you want to open with the, you know, you don't want to do it the other way. You don't want to open with Buffalo and then play Tampa Bay. Because as I said, you know, all due respect to the Buccaneers, I just don't think, you know, that they're going to be a contending team uh, either in their own division or in the NFC as a whole, not this year. So they're kind of rebuilding, you know, getting over the Tom Brady uh, situation. Uh, I think they, you know, they have to re- reload um, their thinking and, and personnel as well in a lot of areas. So um, it, maybe it was nicer to, to see the Buccaneers first and then the Bills uh, because, uh, you know, I think this kind of, as I said, you kind of want to build a crescendo to the start of the regular season. And this preseason scheduling uh, the first two games, I think, gives the Steelers a chance to do that. Well, like Cam Hayward said in the audio that we heard from, you know, it's up to Coach T who plays and who doesn't. I'm sure people are excited to potentially see Hayward out there for a little bit, Watt out there for a little bit, um, just getting their feet wet, Minka Fitzpatrick as well. Uh, not maybe to the same extent that the first team offense is out there, but definitely a, a couple of plays on the defensive side of the ball. But the one guy that I'm really interested in seeing labs is Joey Porter Jr. in his debut in game action for the Steelers. He couldn't go against Tampa Bay in their first preseason game. Uh, if that was a regular season game, maybe he's okay enough to play, but no need to really, you know, take that risk in a preseason setting. Uh, he practiced this week. Looks like he's got the thumbs up to go against Buffalo and I don't want to say like Broderick Jones getting at all the or most of the offensive snaps in his debut. That's going to be the exact same case with Joey Porter Jr. on the defensive side of the ball, but I bet you he sees a lot of playing time in that first game. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Buffalo has um, some players that are going to challenge Joey For Porter sure. Jr. and the other defensive backs. Uh, and, you know, you, you referenced Joey Porter Jr. specifically. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think that one of the things that it, it, it's going to kind of unlock uh, a lot of the packages and – things that the Steelers may want to do with their defense if he can play outside corner uh, well enough to allow Patrick Peterson to be to move either inside or be you know one of those right. uh, chess pieces um, 
you know, have him facing the quarterback instead of turning and running with receivers uh, at this stage of his career. I think that's he's more he's more suited to the um, facing uh, the quarterback kind of thing. He had a bunch of interceptions. He's still good, you know, when the ball's in the air. That would give the Steelers two of those kinds of guys, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick and um, Patrick Peterson. And then, you know, a lot of this, you know, because I'm really interested to see, you know, how a lot of these uh, this defensive stuff works out because I'm not really uh, sure that uh, it's going to be a situation, you know, we're talking about inside linebacker frequently during, you know, these shows. Um, I don't know that it's going to always be uh, Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts and or Quan Alexander uh, being responsible, you know, for the, uh, the kinds of defense now that inside linebackers have to play in the NFL. You know, you have to uh, both be good against the run and you, you have to line up and be able to cover too because uh, offenses are not going to change personnel, give you the opportunity to change personnel um, if they want to throw the ball in throwing situations. So you have to be able to adapt on the fly. And maybe some of the uh, answers can be found with some of these defensive backs. Um, you know, Keanu Neal, uh, as Cam Hayward referenced him, he's one of those pieces. Um, DeMonte Kazee, excuse me, Kazee uh, is another one of those pieces. Patrick Peterson potentially is one of those uh, pieces. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to me to see how that evolves. Uh, and I think that a lot of it is going to hinge on Joey Porter Jr. being able to line up and do a respectable job at outside cornerback because he's going to be facing – um, you know, some big names. We've talked about Broderick Jones, you know, and, and some of the uh, fire-breathing uh, edge rushers that he will have to face um, in the NFL. And it's the same thing for a corner. I mean, everybody's got a good receiver, you know, uh, and sometimes more than one. So, yeah, th this is going to be a good uh, opportunity to see him. I think uh, Joey Porter Jr. will be able to test himself against this team, gauge himself against this team. And, you know, I, I think that him doing well is going to be a critical element to how the rest of this season unfolds. Hopefully Saturday night at 6.30 is a very educational experience for everybody as the Steelers take on the Buffalo Bills in preseason game number two. As I mentioned, kickoff at 6.30, Labs, Jerry Dulac, and Mike Prezuda kick off the pregame show at 4.30 on DVE. Thanks so much for all of you guys listening to us ramble on early in the morning for the past couple of weeks during these training camp reports. We really enjoyed it. Labs and I will be back again next week on Asked and Answered, our usual gig, so keep an eye out for the latest episode there. And we'll be going into the locker room next with Wolf and Starks on Steelers Nation Radio.